Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are finishing up the Synoptic Gospel of Luke. As Ralph P. Martin said in New Testament Foundations, A Guide for Christian Students, in Luke we find three distinct stages, the period of Israel, the period of Jesus's ministry, or the middle of time, quote unquote, and the age of the church, pages 246 and 247. Today's lesson covers the end of Jesus's ministry here on earth and the start of the church age. As I shared at the beginning of Luke, he also wrote Acts, which tells us the story of the start of the church. Luke ends with the ascension of Jesus and Acts starts with the ascension. We left off yesterday in chapter 19 when Jesus entered Jerusalem and people were filled with joy and praising him as he rode in on a colt. Jesus responded to the praise with his second lament of Jerusalem. Today's lesson starts with verses 45 through 48 when Jesus cleared the temple. As with the other Gospels, Jesus quoted Isaiah and Jeremiah, And my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a robber's den. One thing I will touch on when we get to John, but all three of the Synoptic Gospels place the cleansing of the temple during this last week of Jesus' life, except for John. He has it in chapter 2 at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Now, as we ponder this, there are a couple ways theologians, people who study God and the Bible, interpret this. One, Jesus cleansed the temple one time, but John put it at the beginning for emphasis. Or two, Jesus cleansed the temple twice, once in the beginning of his ministry and then once at the end. I haven't decided yet on this one, but maybe after we read through John, I'll have a better opinion. This was the week of Passover, so Jesus came to Jerusalem probably every day and went to the temple to teach. Each night he would go to the Mount of Olives. In chapter 20, the Jewish religious leaders challenged Jesus about his authority, and as he usually did, he asked them a question about John the Baptist's authority. They refused to answer for fear of the people, so Jesus did not answer their question. In verses 9 through 19, Jesus told the parable of the wicked vine growers. The owner left on a trip and put vine growers in charge. When he sent servants three times to collect the produce, they beat the servants and sent them away empty-handed. Then the owner sent, My beloved son, perhaps they will respect him. But they killed him. The owner destroyed the vine growers and gave it to others. The religious leaders cried out, May it never be! And Jesus quoted Psalm 118 verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. Then Jesus said, Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. 
The scribes and the priests knew Jesus was talking about them. They did not take care of God's people, so it will be given to others, starting with Jesus' disciples. The stone is Jesus, and for those who accept Jesus, we fall on the stone and are broken, but then he makes us whole. For those who refuse him, the stone will fall on them and they will be crushed. In verses 20 through 26, the religious leaders sent spies who pretended to be righteous. Verse 20. Now, these are the very people who were supposed to be righteous, but they were not. They asked about paying taxes. And Jesus said, since the coin had Caesar's likeness and inscription, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. In verses 27 through 40, we see the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection. They asked about marriage and divorce in the resurrection. Jesus said they do not understand because they do not marry and they cannot die because they are like angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. For God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. After that, no one asked him any more questions. And now Jesus asked them one, How is Christ David's son? They could not answer. We know that it's because Jesus was the son of David, yet he is also the son of God, which makes Jesus David's God, and that is how he is David's Lord. Chapter 20 ends with Jesus warning against the religious leaders and how they are prideful and love the accolades. They devour widows' houses and just for show, they pray long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Then chapter 21 begins with a poor widow who gives all she had to the Lord. There is a hint that the reason she is in this financial mess is because the religious leaders devoured her house, quote unquote, and was not taking care of the widows and orphans, which was their job. Chapter 21 continues with Jesus talking about the future. A part of that future is telling about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in AD 70. But a part talks about when Jesus comes again. One thing that is unique in Luke is verse 24. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Jesus had just spoken about how the gospel will be taken from the religious leaders and given to someone else. Well, that is through the Gentiles. The disciples take the gospel to the world. Some people call the time of the Gentiles the church age. In this time, there will be troubles. But verse 28 says, But when these things begin to take place, then look up. And lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. We are to be watchful. I wrote in my Bible, we are nearer today than yesterday. One other thing that I've struggled with and I'd like to point out to you is verse 32, which reads, 
Truly I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away until all things take place. This could either mean the destruction of Jerusalem, which would happen around 40 years later, or the word for generation can also be interpreted age or a period of time. So it could be a reference to the times of the Gentiles. Chapter 22 begins with Judas betraying Jesus, but there is no reference here of Jesus's anointing. The disciples go and prepare the Passover as Jesus directed. They partake of the Last Supper, and Jesus said one of them will betray him. And they began to discuss who it could be. And then the discussion led to who is the greatest. And I wrote in my Bible, they are living among God himself, who was the greatest. Yet they wanted to be the greatest. Jesus reminded them that he came to serve, not to be served. But after that, my father has granted me a kingdom. I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus then told Peter, Simon, Simon, Behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Verses 31 and 32. It dawned on me as I reread this today, that one of the reasons Peter needed to flee and not die was because he would be so needed in the future for building the kingdom of God here on earth. Here we see that Jesus prayed for Peter, and we will see as we continue in the New Testament that Jesus intercedes for us too. Romans chapter 8 verse 34, 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, and Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. They head to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom, verse 39. And Jesus told them to pray so that they will not enter into temptation. He went a little further and Jesus prayed. It is only in Luke that we see Jesus sweat drops of blood, which again showed Jesus's humanity, Jesus as the son of man. The disciples were sleeping from sorrow, according to Luke. Jesus is betrayed, and it is only in Luke, the physician, where we see Jesus touch the slave's ear and healed it. Peter denied Jesus three times, and only in Luke we find in verses 60 through 62. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, who he had told him, Before a rooster crowed today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Chapter 22 ends with Jesus being before the religious leaders, and finally Jesus admitted that he was the Son of God. Chapter 23, they take him to Pilate, the governor of Judah, the part that is unique in Luke is when Pilate learned that Jesus was from Galilee, Nazareth, the northern part, he sent him to Herod 
because that was his jurisdiction. Herod was in Jerusalem at the time, and he was thrilled to see Jesus. He wanted him to do a sign, but Jesus said nothing. Herod's men treated Jesus with contempt and mocked him, placed a gorgeous robe on the king of the Jews, and sent him back to Pilate. Verse 12 is interesting. Now Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that very day, for before they had been enemies with each other. Pilate tried to release Jesus, but the Jews would not have it. They wanted Barabbas released. They cried out they wanted Jesus to be crucified. And the end of verse 25 reads, But he delivered Jesus to their will. Jesus was led away to be crucified. We see Simon of Cyrene was seized to carry his cross after Jesus. The women were weeping and Jesus said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, stop weeping for me, but weep for yourselves because of the destruction that was coming to Jerusalem. Jesus was placed on the cross with criminals on each side of him. The first words in Luke of Jesus on the cross was a prayer. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They cast lots for his clothes. He was mocked. Only in Luke do we see that one of the criminals that was dying asked Jesus to remember him when he comes in his kingdom. Verses 39 through 43. And Jesus said, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. Remember that God is the God of the living. In verses 44 through 49, Jesus died on the cross. In Luke, Jesus' last words were a prayer. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Watching how Jesus died, the Roman centurion said, Certainly this man was innocent. Jesus was laid in a tomb by Joseph, a member of the council, a good and righteous man. This shows us that not all the religious leaders were corrupt. The women watched because they prepared spices for his burial. They rested on the Sabbath, and then on Sunday, the first day of the week, they came to the tomb, chapter 24. They found the stone rolled away, Jesus' body was gone, and the two angels said, He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee. And they remembered and reported all these things to the eleven. Remember, Judas was gone. The men did not believe, but Peter ran to the tomb. We then see a lot more details of the two men who were on the road to Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Jesus approached these men who were discussing what had happened in Jerusalem, but their eyes did not recognize him. Jesus told them that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory. Then verse 27 reads, Then, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning him in all the scriptures, the Old Testament. They asked Jesus to eat with them, and when he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized Jesus. He vanished from their sight. And then they said, 
Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? They got up that hour and returned to Jerusalem and told the eleven and those with them. Verse 34 tells us that Jesus also appeared to Simon. While this was going on, Jesus appeared to all of them and said, Peace be to you. They were all afraid. But Jesus showed them his hands and his feet. They had joy and amazement. So Jesus ate to show that he really was human and he really was alive. Jesus then said, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. One thing that Ralph P. Martin said in his book, For Luke, we would maintain the past speaks to the present, which in turn shapes the future. Page 260. Jesus then said to them that the Christ must suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus was sending them out with the promise of his father and they would be clothed with power on high, the Holy Spirit. Another thing that Martin said was, The Spirit therefore serves as a link between the age of Jesus and the age of the church. Jesus led them to Bethany. He lifted his hands and while he blessed them, he was carried up into heaven. They worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Luke begins and ends with the temple. The time of the church has started. So ladies, have you heard his voice today? If so, don't harden your hearts like the religious leaders. Instead, let's be like Jesus. Let's ask Jesus to open our eyes to understand the scriptures. Let's be humble women who serve others and fight for the weak and the outcasts. Let us share the good news to all nations and let's be women of prayer so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and watch and wait patiently for his return. Until next time, and thank you so very much for listening.